Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hey Cat. Hey Moose. What are you doing? Well, I think this is the very first Cat and Moose podcast that I have done with a Diet Coke. <laughs> Can you see my eyes? <laughs> uh, only in 3D, baby. <laughs> We're having too much fun with these Zoom filters. This is a blast. The things that COVID has gifted us with. You are you have a cat face and Sarah has the robber face and you guys are adorable. Oh, thank you. I feel like a tiger. So is this day three? It is. <laughs> Your voice just said, we're not talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, um, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, we, we have a friend, Danielle, who's amazing at storytelling and branding and stuff like that. And um, she is a longtime friend of all of ours and a big supporter of the Cat and Moose podcast. And one of the things that she recommended we do is she's like, why don't we follow your 90 day no drinking adventure on Instagram stories on the cat and moose podcast. And I said, you know, I, I want to think about that because that feels cool. And, and, um, you know, it, it's certainly vulnerable. And my understanding is that people like when we're honest and vulnerable. Um, and the more I sat with it, the more I was like, I kind of need to do this journey without doing that, without making it public. And that doesn't mean that I won't talk to you about it every week when we're, you know, doing our episodes and stuff like that. But um, I think it's really important that when we decide to, um, to step out and do something that feels a little bit scary, that we ask ourselves, like, is this for me? Is this for me in my community? Is this for me in the whole world? Um, and I've, I don't know about you, but I've really struggled with that my whole life. As soon as I have a revelation, I want to share it with the entire globe. And sometimes that revelation needs to just sit with me for yeah. a few minutes. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. When I know that you took a day or two to kind of come back to us and say, Hey, I don't think I'm at a place where I want to do that right away, where I check in daily and tell everyone how I'm feeling. <laughs> uh-huh. And I totally get that. I remember um, in one of Brene Brown's books, I forget which one, she talks about how um, the difference between vulnerability and trying to create connection. And um, she talks about how some people, she she refers to uh, trauma or pain that we've been through or going through as either a scab or a scar. And I'm probably getting this wrong. I'm mixing like four different people's opinion on this, but you know what I'm saying is like, you're really kind of supposed to wait until it becomes a scar before you talk about stuff, because otherwise you could be inserting um, your own needs in the vulnerability that, you know, that you want a reaction from people. Wow. That's huge. Yeah, that's really huge. You need to direct me to those four people's writings well, or talkings on this topic. <laughs> I will find the Brene one because that's the one I'm most familiar with. Um, and also, I mean, to that point, I got to tell you, I forget that people we do normal life with listen to the podcast. Do you ever forget that? I do. And it, I think it's probably like one of those like blessings in disguise, because I think if I thought about it, I might edit myself. Yeah. And we never want to do that. I was on the phone with a client this week and we were just talking about, um, you know, business. And then all of a sudden he said, Hey, I've been meaning to ask you, how's your blood pressure doing? <gasps> 
And I just about shit my pants. Because <laughs> you talked about that on last week's episode. But here's the thing is I literally was like, oh, my God, he lives in my attic. Like, that's what I thought <laughs> instead of, oh, I have a podcast uh-huh. that my friends listen to or my colleagues or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, yeah, I was like, why the hell are you asking me about my blood pressure? <laughs> uh, and how do you know about that? Like, how do you know about that? And then I just wanted I was like, you know, how on Facebook you can unfollow people, uh-huh. <laughs> which I've been doing a lot of based on what has happened this week, you know. Um, but I, I thought, is there a way that you can block someone from listening to a public <laughs> podcast? That's what this has come to, Kat. The answer is no. <laughs> and we just have to remember that everybody who chooses to listen, chooses to listen for a reason. And let's just hope, let's give everybody the benefit of the doubt that you listen because you love us in some way, shape or form, or you love at least one of us. And maybe you tolerate the other two. I don't know. But um, can you just look at Sarah? She looks like she's in a freaking daze, man. <laughs> I'm used to that with Sarah. <laughs> We're not just picking on her. She has one of her Zoom uh, rainbow. Uh, what do you call that? Like a laser eyes? I don't know. I don't know what that is. But it's intimidating. That's for sure. <laughs> it's very, um, it's very cool. So um, you were talking about your friend who asked you about your blood pressure. May I share my experience about not realizing that a friend listens to the podcast? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I was in class last night. I started a new quarter of school recently, and um, I was in class last night, and one of my classmates, who I haven't been in class with for a few months now, so I was really excited to see her. The first thing she said to me is she turned around, and she gave me this look, and she goes, my porn name is Penny Washington. Oh, my gosh. Without (laughs) any context, that would be super weird. It was so funny because I told her, I said her name and I said, Hey, I've been thinking about you over the break. And she just looked at me and she goes, my porn name is Penny Washington. I want to be. (laughs) And I thought, well, why are you telling me that? And then I remembered, Oh, Kissy Wingfield. Oh yeah. We talked about our porn names recently on the podcast. Hey, I never called it a porn name. I called it a dancer name, but if you guys want to take it one step further, that's fine. Well, I think you know the truth, Moose. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so obviously I feel like we have to at least mention the craziness and chaos that happened at the Capitol last week. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I've been pretty much um, in a deep pit since it happened. And, you know, I talked about last episode how, you know, I'm basically going to be a slippery seal and let things just slip off Mm -hmm. my back. but. You know, that one was tough. Um, Yeah. And there's so much to say about it. And um, I'm not even avoiding what we're saying. I'm just like 100% against everything that happened. I have no idea what's going to happen for the next week and a half that we have our current president. But um, I am glad that we have uh, everyone has agreed that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be our new president on January 20th. And that's about all I want to cover, but I wanted to check in with you and see how you're doing. Yeah, thank you. I, um, I, I really have always been like the kind of person who, when something big and bad is going on in the world, I, it normally hits me days or weeks or months later. 
Like I am, I am not like a respond immediately to something like that. And I think that part of that is my personality type. I think part of it is, you know, I grew up a swimmer and a lifeguard. And I remember learning when an emergency situation happens, you act, you go and you do a thing and you save the person or what, whatever it is. And so I, I think with having the clients that we have, and I think with having the colleagues that we have, I have become accustomed to when something like that happens you know, in our country or on our planet or whatever, I am used to having a handful of people who immediately need to process that. And so I, I kind of, I think I've just kind of habitually not really processed things like this until like days and months after they have happened. And so to me, I'm disgusted by it. I'm mortified by it. I I can't even fathom how any of that is possible. Like I, I, one of the questions that I have is how did we know that there was going to be a black lives matter March in Washington, DC? And how was that completely handled from a personnel standpoint beautifully, at least as far as I can tell. And how did we know that people were going to be in Washington, DC rallying against the fact that Trump is going to be officially like named you're going out of office and we weren't ready for something. Like I know that we weren't ready for him to send people down to the Capitol. And I know that he's an asshat for doing that. Like I get all of that. I just don't understand how we weren't prepared. Yeah. Remember how I said I wasn't going to share a whole lot about it? That's a lie. <laughs> Big fat. As you're talking, like I can feel my insides like coming out of my mouth. And it's the first time I'm actually getting to process it. Well, good. I'm glad. Might as well do it in front of a microphone. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, I just, I, uh, there's so much here. There has to be an answer to what you just asked. And that mm -hmm. requires an investigation because... Um, I was watching last night on the news how the governor of Maryland did a press conference and he basically said, hey, I got a call from whoever was actually in the room with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi once they got pulled out the safe room or whatever you want to call it. He received a phone call. The governor of Maryland did basically saying, hey, there is no um, federal police on site. Can you send National Guard or something from Maryland? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and the guy was like, absolutely. Um, and he goes, well, you have to get it approved by blah, 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 blah. So the Maryland governor called, I think it was the Department of Defense um, or Department of Justice, one of the two, and basically said, can we come? Can we come help? And um no return phone call, mm -mm. Uh, no return text. He says all this mm -mm. in the press conference. And he basically yeah. is like, you know, by the time that we were given the approval, which was, I think, 45 minutes later, you know, they had already sent in this and that or whatever. So by the time he got the go ahead to send in the National Guard, it was already too late because a ton of people had gotten there at that point mm -hmm. to help. But it's a bunch of bullshit. First of all, yeah. clearly the Capitol police didn't have any plan for something like this. And mm -hmm. I don't even know how these people got that close to start with. 
Yeah, I don't either. And it really is a mystery to me. And I know that from having, you know, family members that have served in the military, and I've got current family members who are first responders, like, I don't want to make assumptions. And I don't want to pass judgments that, that aren't necessary at the same time, like as as an onlooker, someone who is getting to see what's going on through the lens of you know, the news that's on my TV, it just seems absolutely unheard of. It seems impossible that that things went down like they did. And it just is is really, really hard to kind of sit back and wait for somebody to inform us of what's happened, you know, because everything was so like right there in our faces. And another thing I want to say about it, too, is that it it really is. It's such a disgrace to our country And it's so sad to me, like I've said all along, that I think that Donald Trump is an embarrassment to the office of the president. And I feel like this was kind of the the absolute pinnacle of that. Yeah. And and to have people who are Trump supporters say that this was not these were not Trump supporters. They were Antifa. That is not true. And obviously, Mm -hmm. most of our listeners would agree with that. But um, I mean, now that they are identifying you know, a lot of these people who were the ringleaders, they are clear saying this is a QAnon guy. This is uh, a right wing nationalist. And so, um, you know, I, I got into it <laughs> with a, a former artist of both of ours um, on Facebook. And that's what they were claiming is no, 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 don't worry. That was Antifa. And it's like, no, actually it wasn't. And that doesn't mean to say that every single person that went to that rally were the people breaking in to the Capitol, but it doesn't matter. Like their leader is saying, go take it back. And therefore these people walked in and tried to do such. Right. Exactly. And the, and the thing that I was going to say is they walked in under that leader's banner. Exactly. Like regardless of, of what organization you're with or for or whatever, it's like you walked in there under a banner and that banner was Trump. And then there was also the hangman's news that was set up there as well as people holding Jesus 2020 uh, banners, which made me want to just kick, kick them in the face. And I think he will eventually. <laughs> exactly. Well, I know that you said that we weren't going to stay on this long and we probably shouldn't stay on it long because there are so many opinions about it and we don't want to spend the whole time talking about it, but we would love to hear your opinions and we'd love to hear your opinions about our opinions. So be in touch with us. Hello at catmoosepodcast.com or one eight six six K A T M O O five. and moving along and talking about things that um, are really, really important in this season. One of our listeners called in and asked if we could speak on a really, really important topic. And so I wanted to bring that to you, Moose and producer Sarah, and get your feedback. Go ahead. Okay, so our friend and listener, Jimmy, called and said he wanted to know whether or not we shave our legs in the winter. Yeah, Jimmy, you know I love you. Um, congratulations on your new gig, by the way. Um, but this this annoyed me a little bit, I gotta say. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, I shave my legs about once every three days in the winter, is my answer to your question. <laughs> and why did it annoy you, Moose? Because I guess it immediately triggered this idea that we do things for men sometimes. You know, this idea of like, it's like the old adage, I shave my legs for this. You know what I mean? Like of like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, in order to make 
things more sexual. I'm not even in order to make things more comfortable for you. I shaved my legs, but that I love you, Jimmy. And I'm not saying that's where it came from. Yeah. I I don't know if that's where it came from. And I was going to answer you (laughs) really practically as well. Jimmy is I learned because I grew up on a swim team. So I learned being a swimmer that if you spread out to the time between which you shave your legs, that your hair on your legs will grow slower. And so I've learned that over the years. So I shave my legs about once every two weeks and I, and that's really all I ever have to shave them. So, um, in the winter time, I don't really handle it any differently than I do in the summertime. How about you, producer Sarah? I shave every three to four days in the winter months and every one to two days in the summer months. Okay, so as we know, leading up to the beginning of the year, I was really unwell. So we didn't get to really spend much time together over the the break between Christmas and New Year's. So just this week, I caught you and producer Sarah bringing me my Christmas present outside my oh office my door. Oh my gosh. Look, I said to Sarah, hey, we're not going to knock on the door. We're just going to leave it on the doorstep. And in fact, we won't leave it on the front doorstep. We'll leave it on the office doorstep so none of the dogs see us. And no joke, my God, we pulled down your driveway and our dogs are in the car. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh shit, she's on the phone because you have the window where you can Uh see. And 85 dogs start barking. I don't know who you were on the phone with, but we literally, I dropped the bag and I just started backing up. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. And then you just put a bunch of garbage in my hands while you were on the phone. Like, literally, it's still in my car. But I was like, what is this? It was like a bunch of glasses. What did you give me? (laughs) It wasn't a bunch of garbage at all. Take it back and definitely take it back on behalf of our friend Jeremy at Child Fund. Because you and producer Sarah got two real Yetis that say Child Fund oh, on there. So okay, gotcha. your Child Fund Yetis are what is in that box. And you also gave me this really fancy thing to put my podcast notes on at my desk. And I have a new situation for that. So I wanted to return your really fancy thing to you. And then it seems like there was a couple of other things that belong to either you or producer Sarah from Um, from the office here. So I just wanted to do due diligence. And what I was hoping you would might remember is that I also gave you the famous green jar. No, I do have the green jar and I am very pleased with it. And I want to go through it on the next episode. Okay, that sounds like fun. In the meantime, all of the presents that you and producer Sarah got me, oh my gosh. So first, I got my very own, very first Cat and Moose podcast sweatshirt with my name on the back. Well, yeah. I felt so special. I love, I'm glad that you love it. It's so comfortable, by the way. If you're looking for Cat and Moose merch, go for the hoodie right now while it's cold. So you know that I have this thing where I won't wear something until I've washed it at least once. So I washed the new cat and moose sweatshirt that you guys got me and I got it out of the dryer before class the other night. So it was basically trying to put a tourniquet on my body because it had been in the hot dryer um, <laughs> and it's brand new. And so I was stretching it out. And so I stretched the neck out and it it cracked and popped a few times. I broke a few stitches and I'm like, okay, that's good. And then I pulled the bottom to stretch it out and it, and it stretched a little 
little bit. And then on the left arm, I pulled the the tight thing around the wrist to make it a little bit more loose and it actually tore. Um, but it tore in this super, like I've been wearing this sweatshirt since the 1980s sort of way. So I was like, oh yeah, like my sweatshirt super worn in. And so I went to do the same thing on the right wrist and I ripped open the sweatshirt all the way down to my elbow. <laughs> Wait, so you're basically saying that we have shitty ass sweatshirts? Or I'm really strong. Well, you, we got to return them. No, we don't need to return them. I've got a project now. I'm going <laughs> to use my friendship bracelet thing that you got me to sew up my cat and moose podcast sweatshirt. <laughs> okay. So other than getting a badass cat and moose sweatshirt from you guys and getting a friendship bracelet maker, and I already used my friendship bracelet maker yesterday. I had like five hours of phone calls. And so I made bracelets the whole time I was on the phone and it was really, really cathartic. That's awesome. I wanted to talk about one of the gifts that we're going to share with one another over this next year um, called Masterclass. Yeah. You told me you were going to send me my Christmas gift um, over the break. And when I got it, I was so freaking excited um, that it was a Masterclass membership. And the masterclass membership, basically what it does is it, it has classes, um, that are taught by all of these like world renowned experts in different things. So there's everything from chefs to voice actors to psychologists. Like there's kind of anything you can think of. There are people on there who are experts in these areas and they take you through as if you were kind of going to school with these people as your, you know, master professor people. And I'm looking really forward to what we're going to learn together. What do you what are what do you want to look up and see what you can learn? Um, the thing that attracted me to it, honestly, is a, a technique that I have learned in the therapy setting, and that's mirroring. Um, I think mirroring is a really cool um, technique to be able to use in business and in a therapeutic setting. And one of the classes is on mirroring. So I'm looking forward to learning about that. Mirroring just pisses me off. I know it does. So I will not practice it. On no, you, no, I no, no, no. Like I. I've seen you do it when you're, when you're doing like your massage stuff and that doesn't bother me. Mm. But if I am in a situation, it goes back to the diplomacy thing. Like, and it's mm -hmm. not you, it's totally me, but I, I need to figure out what that trigger is for me. Like why, I guess it feels in the wrong way and this isn't you doing it. So please hear me say that, but in the wrong way, it sort of feels like you're being condescending. Could you see that side mm. of it? I can certainly see that side of it. I can see that side of it if right now I were to respond by going, what I hear you saying to me is that you feel condescended <laughs> by me. Exactly. Yeah. I think that yeah. I have been, I think it was like a past relationship, I don't, a work relationship or something. And I can't place who it was, but I feel like <laughs> that was the way it happened. Guess what? Wakey, wakey. It's me. No, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. It's somebody that I've worked with that, yeah. Every time I'd be like, this isn't right. Like we have to get it right. They'd be like, so I'm hearing you say this isn't right. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like you yeah. just wasted 14 seconds of my life. Yes. I said it. I'll repeat it again. Louder. <laughs> yeah. We are not getting this right. <sighs> but I will, I want to learn about mirroring too. Cause I, I'm sure there's a great way to be using it. I guess it's just in that kind of setting when you've, you, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels uh -huh. like, oh, my God, you just repeated me. How is that yeah. helpful? There, There is a time and a place for it. I remember that over the 
um, or actually it was right before Christmas, um, we got an email from one of our colleagues and I, and, and she was describing a really difficult thing that she had been through. And I responded to her email and I went back and I looked at what she said and I wanted to be sure to use the same or similar words to what she said back to her because I wanted her to know I heard you, like I really heard you. And so I did, I responded and I used the same words back to her and it meant so much to her. It meant so much to her. She said that she felt heard. She said that she burst into tears on the other end of my email that she appreciated what I said so much. And I'm like, all I said was what you said back to you, just that I heard you. And so mm-hmm. I think in some settings, yeah, it's really important for people to go, wow, you heard what I said so much so that you have it in your own mind and can say it back to me. So I think there's a definitely a time and a place for it. Yeah, I agree. I'm pumped about the cooking ones that are on masterclass just because I love watching people cook my dad was a really amazing cook and he used to always in the old days watch like emerald and uh what was the oh julia child like he watched those old school things and so i'm super pumped to like just watch some of those to chill out with and then there has to be some paranormal stuff on there don't you think oh there has to be and if there's not we're gonna file a complaint yeah that's right i think that's (laughs) a whole different um, membership, but I'm going to at least try and find some UFO stuff on there. Or it might be that Paramoose becomes one of the masterclass teachers. I would love to, like, I want to be one of those nerdy people that has those ghost boxes, which I know all those TV shows are super dramatic and not always true. And they're edited to make it feel like something's coming. But I have always secretly wanted to be like a ghost hunter and I want to wear the full like Ghostbusters jumpsuit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, COVID-19 could not be a better time. (laughs) Yeah. But I want one of those machine gun looking things as well. Just to shoot at people I don't like. Not really ghosts. And what were those called? Like the the slime blaster or something like that? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to look up what the gun was. What was the gun in Ghostbusters? You know, my sister knows the answer to this, and I bet your sister does too. The sisters called to let me know that the Ghostbusters gun is called the Proton Pack. Okay, I've been thinking about um, this idea of when we learn things in our lives. And I have a real problem with grade school. Okay. I feel like um, like as the Georgia runoff and all of that stuff was happening, I was really trying to figure out like, okay, I need to restudy what Congress does exactly, what the Senate does exactly, what joint sessions mean and all of that. So I kind of went back and did like a social studies 101 situation. And then I had the thought, why in the hell are they teaching 12 year olds about that kind of stuff? There is nothing in your life at 12 years old that makes you go like, Oh, now that makes sense. And it Mm. just got me thinking, why do we go to school for 18 years or whatever, 16, 15, I don't know how many. And we don't have continuing education because it's really not until like I have been like 40 that I start going, I give two shits about these things. Mm -hmm. I've always liked politics, but I really am like, okay, I got to refresh my political knowledge And so anyway, I feel like at age 42, they need to like start classes about giving the shit about the world and not yourself anymore. 
It's almost as if if you're going to have a driver's license, you have to do like I've learned this being in school. Like if I'm going to retain my licensure, I have to complete so many continuing education hours per year in order to keep my licensure. So it's almost like in order to be a citizen of your state and of your country, you should be required to complete X amount of continuing education hours about your state and your country. I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, just like even... Even like, ref- I guess maybe that's why we have master class, actually. <laughs> Here is how the Senate works. Yeah, I don't know. Just I was thinking like they should teach like like at age 40, you can start signing up for things again. And like it's free. You know, it's like an online course or whatever. Again, maybe it's master class, but it's like how the government works or mm-hmm. You, if you aren't saving for retirement, you better get on this bandwagon, you know, like stuff like that, like how, like a refresher for social media and, you know, like a warnings, like, um, I don't know, um, uh, no longer type your emails in all caps. You have reached an age where that's not okay anymore, you know? <laughs> I think that would be fantastic because there are a lot of things that as we grow older, we lose sight of, or we just don't care about anymore. Right. You know, I think a lot of the reason that, that older people put things in all caps is a, because they can actually read it. It's big enough that they can read it and it's simple enough that they can read it. And also I think using that pinky to hit the all caps button off and on or the shift button off and on when you want to capitalize something feels like a waste of time. Once you hit 60 years old, (laughs) my mom has this friend uh, who is still uh, my Facebook friend and I'm not kidding. Every Facebook update is in all caps and (laughs) it could be some, you know, and it makes sense when like you have a loved one that's in the hospital. Like I read those with like, Oh, that should be in all caps. But then there's Uh like, I was gardening today from 4 to 6 p.m. if I missed your call. And you're like, why are you yelling this at me? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it does. It does feel like being unnecessarily yelled at, which nobody. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. At least I don't want to be unnecessarily yelled at. No, me either. Or mirrored at. <laughs> <laughs> or condescended to. <laughs> or being told that you have less to lose than your partner. Oh my gosh. Are you going to tell this story? Well, I didn't know if you were in the mood for it or not, but I just, I think I can handle it. You can handle it. I think so. Well, I I wanted to talk about this because I mean, it did just come up really naturally and it was, it was a natural um, volcanic evolution from my chest (laughs) as we were just talking about this. Um, And so I feel like it must be said because that's how we do life, right? Whatever volcanically comes up out of our chest ought to automatically come out of our mouths. No, that's not true, but we're still going to have this conversation. So you and I were driving down the road and we were talking about starting the Cat and Moose podcast. And we were talking about whether or not we should remain, quote unquote, anonymous, meaning like not just like not have names at all, but not have names that were associated with who we really are, much like TV personalities or radio personalities. Right. You know, it's like... It's like windy, dusty rainstorm being the weather lady. Like, that's probably not really her name. <laughs> when I know? was in radio in Florida, I was on West Palm Beach, and they, they wanted me to start doing overnights. And they were like, well, you know, we need you to come up with a name. And 
They're like, you know, feel free to use your mom's maiden name or whatever. And they legitimately wanted me to use the word Sandy because we were on the beach. And I was like, that is not happening. (laughs) So were you Sandy Welch? (laughs) No, but I, uh, I think I was Andy Kelly or something like that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I could see you as Andy Kelly. That yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the one of the things in our conversation and talking about, you know, anonymity versus not, and it was basically like, hey, we've got constituents, we've got clientele, we've got businesses that we run alongside doing the Cat and Moose podcast. And is it is it a, a conflict of interest? Is there some sort of like cross collateral damage if these two worlds collide with one another? Like that's really the question that we were asking one another. And what you said to me is is, is I basically came to the conclusion: No, I feel like I want to be who I am on the podcast and who I am in real life, and not have to separate and edit myself and and, and all of that. Like I feel like I've gotten too old to have to worry about like who I know that can hear what about my life. I, I just, I, I was over that. And so I'd kind of come to that conclusion. Hang on a second. It was, hang on a second. It wasn't that clear to you. Like you weren't just like, put me on a podium and let me be naked. <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. But yes, that was your final, that was your final thought. Okay, keep well, going. After minutes and minutes and hours and hours and tears and wailing and gnashing <laughs> of teeth, I arrived that I, with fear and trembling, yes. that I think I had the confidence to say, I think I want to be me across the board. That's that's where I finally landed. And it's still terrifying to me, actually even more so today than it was then. And your response to me was, well, I don't know that I'm quite ready for that because I have more to lose than you, Kat. That wasn't quite how it came across. <laughs> I think there was a period in between those two sentences and there was a much kinder way of making that mistake. <laughs> I said... I don't know if I'm ready for that because, well, part of it is, have you met me? Like I, it's either all or nothing, boo. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like for me to really bring all that I am is, is sometimes a little bit more dramatic than you bringing all that you are, because I really have, I don't know. I'm digging a ditch. I think at this point, (laughs) like, I think I just, Okay, hold on. Let me start over. So the <laughs> phrase that I said that was upsetting, and I can understand how it was, was I, I Kat, you and I both know I have more <laughs> to lose than you. <laughs> okay, so I'm clear that that sounds kind of shitty. And the more it's that so I have so looked at that phrase, I understand how that sounds. And so I just want to defend what I meant and then also (laughs) apologize for the 13th time. I am of more value. I hold things with greater consequence. I make more moneyer. I'm probably prettier than you can. No, 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 no. I honestly, what actually was in my mind was I have 120 radio clients. This is how it made sense in my head. It clearly didn't make sense coming out. But in my mind, I thought I've got 120 radio people who are can be extremely conservative. They're not all. Um, right. But the minute that I start talking about bringing up the conversation of, you know, can you be gay and be a Christian or can you 
um, be a Democrat and love Jesus or, you know, all the things that mm-hmm. to us are not taboo. Mm-hmm. I think it was crushing down on me that, oh, well, they may never take my call again or they may not take calls from my team again. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. so I immediately felt the pressure of like, oh my gosh, like me really being my truest self, uh, you know, it could change my business. I recognize that could be for you. The reason I thought that it might be a lighter <laughs> load, try not to dig another ditch, is. I feel like your artists that you work with and the management side are very open-minded. You have, you have delicately chosen who you work with. And I, Mm. I value that and appreciate that about you. Um, and so I think in my head, I thought your artists are a little bit more Mm. like open and aware of Mm -hmm. how you already believe Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be this huge shock, but coming out of my mouth, it sounded like (laughs) I have like financially, I have more to lose than you. And that was just ridiculous. Well, in, in, you know, hearing you say it like that, it's like, I go, I go like, yeah, if if that is what you meant, yeah, that would have been ridiculous. But I really appreciate the perspective of what you said, because I do get to pick and choose my clients and to an extent you do. Yeah. Um, But also like the clients that you have, you have to represent to a finite number of constituents out there that have beliefs and opinions and political leanings that are all over the spectrum. And you have to really delicately navigate that. And, and I do to an extent, but I get to do it at a little bit more of a distance than you do. So I, I think that what you're saying is actually spot on. It's just really funny how in relationship, isn't it that if we're not willing to look at and take the perspective of the other person, we can be mortally wounded by oh, something yeah. that someone says, you know, and, and that's part of why I brought it up today because you and I have kind of actually, we, we've worked through this, but I thought it would be really good for our listeners to consider that, Hey, like when your husband or your business partner mm-hmm. or your doctor or your mom or whoever it is says something and it really hits you in a way that just really slices you to the core let that wound hurt let it be what it is going to be and then try to take a moment when you can and go what what could they have meant that is different than maybe how I interpreted it and you know what you might land at the really sad conclusion that what they meant is what they said and it was hurtful and it was mean and it was bad and it shouldn't have been said to you what you might also recognize is that there could be different perspective that you're just not aware of and I think that's a a really um, emotionally mature thing to do in relationship to at least consider that when we've been hurt or you can simply think about what you say before you say it. There's a thought as well. <laughs> I usually fire, shoot, aim. Fire, shoot, aim. <laughs> well, that's not right. Firing and shooting is the same thing, but you get the idea. Yeah, you go instead of like ready, aim, fire, you go fire, aim, ready. <laughs> exactly. Fire! <laughs> aim! Ready? I was wondering, um, not to change the subject, but why not? Um, (laughs) I was wondering if, um, in honor of your, um, 90 days of sobriety, if instead of talking about how you're doing, if we could talk about some of our favorite drunk stories. (laughs) Well, that sounds delightful. (laughs) 
<laughs> like the time that I had in my last house, I don't have it in this house. Um, I had this chest, this wooden, I think it's a cherry walnut chest that was from India that my dad had bought when he was stationed over in New Delhi. Um, and the chest um, was big enough to hold like five or six really big blankets and, and stuff like that. And I remember we were at my house and we were just drunk. We were having the best of times. <laughs> and I remember bringing that chest into my office and putting it in the middle of my office and getting on it like a horse and singing to the top of my lungs to whatever music we were listening to. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. I also remember one time in that old same house that we had like four to six people and it was like all of our really close friends sitting around the kitchen table and playing cards. And we mm-hmm. we would um, casually smoke when we drank back then. <laughs> and so instead of, we were stepping outside on your deck to go smoke, but that wasn't good enough at one point. Yeah. And so I looked at you and you were sitting next to the window and we didn't even have to communicate in words. Mm-mm. I just I tilted my head real quick towards <laughs> the window and you <laughs> nodded. I went and got an ashtray. We just lifted. We would have never smoked in a <laughs> never. house. But that night, it made sense that we, why would we get up when we could just pull that window up and blow the smoke out? Exactly. It's like, just fling that window open and smoke out the window, baby. No hey, need to get up. I feel like that should be our mantra on life. Like, like, just go for it, man. Just go for it. Just go for it. Open up the windows and blow the smoke out. (laughs) Or like one of our clients' song lyrics says, open up the windows and let the light in. There you go. Let the smoke in. Let's let that be our mantra. Um, There's this one story that is sort of an epic story um, that you and Sarah know. And um, one of you reminded me that I haven't shared it on the podcast yet. Um, We have a very, we had a very dear friend of ours who worked in publishing here in Nashville. Her name was Cindy. Uh, she's no longer with us, but, um, so we were on a, uh, it was me and Cindy and we were both, I had never met her before. It was the first time I met her and I met her at our friend Lori's 50th birthday party. And it was this uh, amazing situation. Uh, I wasn't a drinker at the time. I did. This was the beginning of my drinking. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who haven't listened, I'm sober now, but, um, I had never drank wine up until this point, really. And so I go to my friend Lori's 50th birthday, and it's in this little garden area behind where she works. And I'm meeting all these people. I'm a nervous wreck because I'm just like this 20-something around all these music executives. And um, I just keep drinking the wine, just thinking wine hits you like beer hits you. And that is not the case. (laughs) It is not the case. Those of you who haven't tried wine. So... I am drinking it and drinking it. And then after the party kind of ends, uh, Cindy and I had been talking. I just met her and uh, she's like, oh, you live right down the street from where I do. She's like, do you want to come over for one more drink before it's over? And I was like, sure. So I drive, not proud of that, but I drive to her house and I get there and no joke, she hands me one of those like Jesus calling devotionals. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I got this for you. And And she had clearly gone into, I just met her. So she had clearly gone into a room and written this little note in there and gave it to me. And I was just like, oh, and right about the time I'm reading her note, I realize 
I am not okay. <laughs> Something is hitting me wrong. And so I, I try to tell her very quickly, like, thank you. And thank Jesus. And like, and I close the book and I was, I can just get out of my mouth. Where is the bathroom? And she's like, Oh, it's down the hall. And so I go in the bathroom and I'm like standing over the toilet. Like this is not going to go well. Oh, and I lose my balance. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I fall backwards from leaning over the toilet. I go backwards <laughs> into the shower where oh, the shower no. curtain is. And I fall into the bathtub with the shower curtain and the shower curtain thing that it is holding it up falls on top of me. And this wasn't the kind that is just like bungeed to the wall. It was screwed he, like, into the wall. ripped it out and of so the wall. And so I ripped down drywall and I have fallen into the bathtub. And it's like, boop, 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 boop. And then I hear her knocking. Um, Moose, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to the bathroom. Like, imagine that. Like, I'm trying to act like everything is okay. And I'm laying in the bathtub with drywall in my hair. I have ripped down the whole thing. So I'm like, you know, I, you know how you do that, like, G.I. Jane thing? I do this all the time. Maybe because I'm an Enneagram 8. But I do this thing where I'm like, get my mouth like this. I'm like, get your shit together. Get your shit together. And so I was doing that to myself. Like, get up. Figure this out. Blah, blah, blah. So I like I'm I'm trashed and I'm trying to get out of this bathtub. I'm wrapped up in the shower curtain. I finally get it up and then I sort of am able to get it to stay in between the two walls. And in my mind, in my drunk mind, I'm like, this looks okay. Okay, flush the toilet and leave. So I did. I flush the toilet. I run the water. I look back at the shower curtain. It looks a little wonky, but I'm like, okay, nothing happened. For some reason, that was how I wanted to solve that. Nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Soon after that, I'm like, Cindy, I think I need to go home. <laughs> no joke. I go home that morning at like six in the morning. I get a call that my mom was in the hospital. Oh. And I'm like hungover. I, I all I'm thinking is I got to get home to my mom. So mm -hmm. I, I get in the car. I'm hungover and I'm driving four hours. And I get a text about two. By the way, my mom was okay after all of this. But I get a text about two hours into the drive, and it's a photo of <laughs> <laughs> of the shower and bathtub. And all it says is, "Are you okay?" Oh. dot 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 what happened <laughs> question mark. so i guess she went straight to bed as well and the next morning she wakes up and she thinks someone has broken into her house that picture it looked like a bomb went off <laughs> in her bathroom i don't know what happened to me but anyway all that to say we always joked i didn't have a lot of money back then i sent her a 25 dollar gift certificate <laughs> to bed bath and beyond and said i'm sorry <laughs> that is absolutely amazing what a great story oh man it's one of my favorites I love that. I, I was at that house that, that we referred to a minute ago and I was sitting out on the back deck with um, two of our mutual friends and we two were drinking wine and it was, it was not too long after I had been introduced to red wine and uh, well, let's be honest, I've been drinking it for a few years. And so anyway, so um, one of my friends and I were sitting there drinking and the other friend that was with us said, guys, I'm just getting really sleepy. 
and I think that I need to go to bed and I just don't really feel safe to drive. And I said, oh my gosh, like you don't have to drive. Like I have a guest room. You're welcome to stay in the guest room. And, and I took her in there and I tucked her into bed and I, I made sure she was okay. And then I went back out onto the deck to sit with our other friend who was still sitting there just casually sipping her wine. And so we start chit chatting, talking shop and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden her eyes get about as big around as saucers. And I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong? And she said, Kat, um, I need you to know that. And I'm not going to say the friend's name. She goes, I need you to know that our friend is standing naked on your deck behind you. <laughs> no. I said, I said How, wait, 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 wait. I don't wait. know this story. Wait. I said, wait, 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 what? And I turned around and my friend that I had tucked into bed was standing naked on the deck with the bed sheet kind of a little bit half like wrapped around her. Like and a she, toga party? Yeah, like a toga party. And she goes, <laughs> I, I, I really think I need to take a shower because I threw up. I need to take a shower. <gasps> and I was like, oh my gosh, bless your heart. But she couldn't because she was so drunk. She couldn't figure out how, like, to, work how to work the shower. And plus my shower was one of those, like this is my first home I've ever owned. So nothing in it works properly, yeah, you right, know? Right. So the hot water is really on the cold water spigot, but it goes in the direct. <laughs> of cold water being hot you know you know that whole thing it's oh yeah anyway, i so- grew up with you having to use the wrench to turn the thing <laughs> right. you have to have a tool in order to turn the bathtub on and off so yeah that that was pretty awesome to have um have my colleague naked out on my deck asking i really need to take a shower i have to tell you you are one of the most fun people to hang with when everyone's just having a good time because you hate for a party to end. I hate for a party to end. And you love when people spend the night at your house so that they <laughs> will never, it will never end. It will never end. I mean, that is so your favorite thing. It really is my favorite thing. So in about 86 days, come over, party with me, and you two can spend the night. <laughs> That's a Patreon exclusive. So I don't know that we have a drunk story to tell about this friend, but I wanted to talk about one of our listeners who is really awesome. And we're going to make a habit of doing this on the podcast, talking about those of you that are listening, our friend Jen and her husband, Marcus, um, you can find them on Instagram at mixedusmedia.com. And Jen and Marcus basically do book marketing for authors and they offer courses, coaching, and online workshops for authors, public personalities, etc. And they are some of the finest people we know. Go and check them out. Mixedus Media, our friends Jen and Marcus at Mixedus Media on Instagram. And if you guys have anyone that you would like to hear us interview, these will be separate episodes from our normal episodes, but we are going to start sprinkling them in. Please hit us up. Hello at catandmoosepodcast.com. We would love to hear who you want us to talk to. One of the reasons that producer Sarah, Moose, and I continue to get to do the cat and moose podcast is because we have great support from friends and patrons through a fantastic portal called Patreon. So if you would like to be a supporter of the cat and moose podcast and make it where I get to have a microphone that makes me sound like this and moose gets to have the something that makes her do something that you'll have to fill in right here. And producer Sarah can continue to pay her four 99 a month for her robot voice. We would love to invite you to visit patreon.com slash cat and moose. Like cat said, the cat and moose podcast, Patreon is how we pay the bills. You can become 
a patron at $5 a month, $10 a month, or $20 a month. Please check it out at patreon.com slash cat and moose. Special thanks to our producer, Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Thank you.